Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I am your co-host, Sam, and I'm flying solo for now. Um, We were planning on recording our first part of the essential episodes of Quantum Leap, as we see it anyway, uh, in the lead-up to the launch of the Revival series on September 19th. However, we ran into some scheduling snafus, and there's been all sorts of other stuff going on behind the scenes, including a positive COVID diagnosis in the house, which I'm currently staying at because, as most of our listeners probably know we're in the midst of moving uh, and staying with my in-laws uh, so there's been exposure uh, to, to my wife and to my kids and you know we're just trying to navigate all of that and of course as listeners probably also know I already had COVID uh, a couple of months ago so there's just been a lot going on and it prevented Dennis and I from recording the episode as promised so we decided uh, instead of skipping a week and leaving you all hanging that we would instead re-release our top 10 episodes that we did at the conclusion uh, of our overview of the classic series, which we wrapped up in December of 2020, I believe. Um, so this episode was, you know, from late January, I believe, 2021. And we just compiled lists of our, you know, our favorite 10 episodes. These are not by any means, you know, to be considered the essentials of the series, um, like we are planning on doing when everything kind of smooths out a bit. Uh, so we wanted to release this just to kind of whet some appetites and then also let people know what our favorite episodes of the series are or, or were as the case may be because it's always changing. Uh, that's something of course that we even talk about towards the end of this episode. Um, but before we get to that, uh, I wanted to give Dennis the opportunity to say hi uh, and talk about our Patreon and uh, give a shout out to all of our wonderful patrons. Thank you all so, so, so much. As I always say, if you have some extra change in your pocket and you uh, are looking to donate it, get back to your community, look into a a charity that you uh, are interested in, uh, maybe give a little money there. If after all that, there's still a couple of coins rattling around uh, and you'd like to uh, help us out, please, by all means do. We will thank you for that um, publicly. And uh, we're always grateful, of course, because it it is a big help. And um, you know, right now with, with things being the way that they are and everything kind of being in flux, uh, I, I think being able to, you know, just have a little something that goes towards our, our hosting fees or our technology or something has been extremely, extremely helpful. And we're, we're really grateful for that. So thank you to all who are supporting us, to, that are thinking about supporting us, uh, and that we'll do so in the future if you're listening to this down the road. Um, so I'm going to kick it over to Dennis, and then we'll just go right into our top 10 episodes when he's done thanking our patrons, and then I'll come back at the very end of the show for a quick little wrap-up. I'd also like to just take a second before I do that to let listeners know that the audio quality on this particular episode is certainly not what you're probably accustomed to from us nowadays. Uh, this is when we were recording with different technology in noisier rooms uh, and hadn't really kind of nailed down um, you know, the quality that we now have. Uh, so, you know, listen with an open mind as it comes to that. Hopefully the content uh, far outweighs the, the quality and you're still able to enjoy the episode. Uh, clearly, it's something that plagued a lot of our uh, older episodes as, you know, the location that I was recording in um, and the mic that I was using picked up a lot of the ambient noise in the room, including like the furnace and the air conditioner and that sort of stuff. And in a 100 degree Chicago summer or a negative 14 degree Chicago winter, I didn't have much of an option. So uh, keep an open mind about that. Um, but I I still think that uh, there's a lot to enjoy uh, in the episode. So here's Dennis. Fate's Wide Wheel is now on Patreon. Whether you've recently found our podcast or have been with us from the beginning, it means the world to us to be able to share our love for Quantum Leap with you. If you would like to become a financial supporter of our show, we would 
graciously accept that support. Currently, our Patreon has no tier levels. All contributors, whether you donate $1 or $10 a month, everyone gets a shout-out at the beginning of each one of our episodes. And as we prepare for the launch of the new series in September, we have other things in the works, such as early access to our content, as well as, hopefully, some exclusive content. To become one of our patrons, visit us at patreon.com slash fateswidewheel. Another way you can support us is leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help the algorithm help people find us, and as we hope the new Quantum Leap series takes off and gets attention in a couple of months, we would love for new fans to be able to find us as easily as possible. As always, we want to give a special shout-out to our current financial supporters. Amy Holtkamp, Christopher Redman, Dana Bias, Jill Wilson, Karen Saxon, Larry Trujillo, Oddly Specific with Audra, and Rich Bork. Thank you so much. As always, your support means the world to us. Uh, but now we're back. We're here to uh, do our much-promised top ten Quantum Leap episodes. Yeah. Before we move on to other exciting stuff for the podcast for the future, but we will talk about that a little bit later on. We will, and I am looking forward to this. We decided not to share our lists with one another prior to the recording of this episode, so everything will be a surprise. Uh, we will try to keep, I think, discussion uh, to a minimum for the most part. I mean, I imagine there will be some things here and there that, that we'll expound upon, but for the most part, uh, I think we just want to let our choices stand um, with, you know, with some of our own reasons. Uh, we do have, you know, kind of our, our didn't-quite-make-the-cut list. Um, I felt comfortable with, once I kind of whittled the initial run of episodes down to 25 I felt pretty comfortable with that uh, at that time I was including both MIA and the Leap Home part 1 and 2 which we decided for the benefit of kind of giving some room to other episodes we would not include those uh, in our in our overall list and then I decided not to include Genesis and Mirror Image either because I feel like if I were to include them, I might have been including them because of what they represented, um, as opposed to necessarily being in the same league as some of the other episodes that I have on my list. Um, so when it all came down to it, I had 21 episodes, uh, and I had to, you know, I had to get a little merciless to to get it down to 10. But I did it. I did it. Um, what about you? How, how did your process... I know your process sounded pretty intense when we sort of discussed it a couple of weeks back. Uh, sure. So I went through... Um, so I went through the episode list, and I wrote down the writer and director for each one because I wanted to see if there was like a common through line of like common, common writers, common directors. Um, the same decision that I, without even discussing, I decided to exclude MIA, Big Poem Part 1, Part 2, um, did not even think about not including the pilot or mirror image. Uh, whether one of those pops up on the list, we will we will see here. Uh, and as I'm doing right now, um, I'm not sure how you plan on doing it. For me, as I present my top ten list, I am going to go in uh, air date order, episode order, with the exception of my top episode, which I am going to save for the end. So uh, in my word in my word document right here, I was just copying pasting. I was putting them in the right order, and even as I did that, I made a on the fly decision to uh, to switch one of my honorable mis- 
honorable mentions in for a top episode. So back out. So even at the last minute, there's already been a decision because yeah. uh, this was uh, this is a list I made a couple weeks ago, and honestly, I have not revisited since then. It, you know, I found I found it um, difficult to do in some respects, and then very easy to do in others. Uh, my concern early on, without giving too much away, is that oh my god, I've got too many episodes on this list. Uh, but quite frankly, spoiler alert for my best of list, as I got deeper into the series, mostly in season four and season five, there weren't a lot of episodes that were even in contention for my list. So it actually seemed to be easier as I went through the episodes, you know, chronologically speaking. Um, but yeah, I, you know, um, you had mentioned that you were going to be doing the, um, you know, the writer-director thing, and I decided to kind of add that to mine as well because I thought that that would be very interesting to sort of compare, uh, you know, writers-directors um, throughout the series that, that really kind of, you, you know, represented the best qualities of the show overall. Um, and there are definitely episodes that didn't get to make my, uh, even my, you know, sort of runner-up list uh, that I, you know, are kind of runners up to the runners up. You know, there are a few episodes here and there that I'm just sort of like, oh man, I would have included that if that sort of thing. Um, but at the risk of saying too much, <laughs> sure. Uh, I suppose we should go ahead and just, and just start off with our, with our runner ups. What do you think? Yeah, we should. So I'm pulling up, um, uh, I'm pulling up a calendar here. I'm pulling up our, our episode calendar and we'll talk more about that later on too. Uh, but oh my gosh, never mind. It's part okay. of, uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's not the, it's not automatically pulling up on my computer and it, it's not worth it, uh, here. Uh, we, we, we talked before we started recording. I am on a new machine. I spilled water on my laptop a couple weeks ago. Uh, I am on a computer now that is grace, uh, gracefully on loan from Betsy, my wife. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, still getting some stuff out. Um, how do we want to do this? Uh, we decided I think we're going to go, each one of us are going to go through our top ten list. We're not going to, like, volley back and forth. So do you want to go first? Yeah. Do you want to go second? How do you feel? Uh, I, I, I can go first if you want me to. That's totally sure. Sure. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to start off with, uh, in, in, in no particular order. Um, let's see here. Give me one second. I want to double check something before I, Uh before I get this going. I don't want to make, I don't want to make any mistakes, you know? Sure. Uh, so my honorable mentions, uh, in air date order, as I've already stated, I decided to leave Genesis, MIA, Leap Home Part 1 and Part 2, and Mirror Image off um, as a disclaimer for this list. I think that it, it, had I included them, you know, as we discussed before and as I discussed many times, MIA, Leap Home Part 1 and Part 2 would probably easily take up, you know, the top three spot if we were doing them kind of in that numerical order. Um, so, without any further ado, in air data order, my honorable mentions are So Help Me God, Another Mother, Her Charm, Eight and a Half Months, Shock Theater, Dreams, A Single Drop of Rain, Stand Up, and I decided to include it 
as a whole because I do feel like it, it it's 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 one thing trilogy. So those are my honorable mentions. Awesome, cool. Now, as for my top ten, uh, I did not do what you did and choose one overall. Um, it, it just got too difficult for me as I was thinking about it. I have I have one in mind that I can name. You know, twist my arm right now that I'll probably throw out there, but then I'll reconsider. You know, after you've said your list, but in air date order, my top ten episodes of Quantum Leap are. Color of Truth, Honeymoon Express, Good Morning Peoria, Thou Shalt Not, Jimmy, Good Night Dear Heart, Freedom, Pool Hall Blues, Black on White on Fire, and Nowhere to Run. We had a lot of overlap. <laughs> I thought we might. I, if, yeah. if, if I was pressed to choose one, uh, I think I would probably... I would probably go with Thou Shalt Not. That just seems to be the one that I come back to the most. I feel like it was uh-huh. such a, a sterling example of the, you know, the compassionate drama that Quantum Leap could be, uh, you know, kind of understated, personal, um, you know, it wasn't some sort of big mythological arc episode not that necessarily the show had a lot of those uh it didn't have you know any anything that could be considered kind of like bells and whistles um it wasn't too experimental but every piece of that episode just fell into place the writing the directing the cinematography the acting obviously i felt like was just a sterling example of what quantum leap could be at its at its best uh, so I think that that's probably what I would what I would choose, um, which is tough because I, I you know there are elements of Goodnight Dear Heart that I thought pushed the envelope for Quantum Leap in incredible ways. Um, you know, obviously Color of Truth um, and Black on White on Fire, as far as being social commentary, are, are out of this world. Um, I do think that it's interesting to me that Good Morning Peoria, Thou Shalt Not, and Jimmy aired right in a row those three episodes. I don't think there was a stronger run of episodes than you had, you know, at that particular point, that that cut of season two was just probably the best, you know, the series got that wasn't, you know, like MIA through leap home. Um, yeah. So, so there you have it. There are my top 10. There you are. Yeah, well, here here are mine. I thought we were gonna you were gonna give a little explanation with each one. Uh, that's what I had prepared, but that's uh, I can yeah, do I'll, that. I'll... I can go back and do that. I'm happy to do that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, so starting with Color of Truth, I think that you know it's one of Deborah Pratt's finest hours. Uh, I think that it's it's a beautifully written episode um, that somehow uh, avoids any of the potential pitfalls for what it decides to explore, and obviously the commonalities it has with you know the popular film slash play of its day, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, uh, while also still kind of picking up on certain elements of that particular film in order to, you know, do what Quantum Leap did well, which is sometimes crib what was popular at the time and tell its own story, its own spin. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful tale. It was, I think it was the first episode that truly delivered on, on the premise of, of this man who is assuming these other lives and hoping to affect 
a positive change on the world that, that, that he's inhabiting for that finite amount of time. Uh, and I think that it's an iconic episode, one of the most iconic of the series. Um, certainly the strongest season one episode. And I think one of those episodes that you could just revisit and enjoy. Uh, it's it's filled with a lot of great moments. Um, there's you know there's some great comedy in it as well, uh, which with some of the subject matter would have been hard to pull off, but uh, but but they did, and, and and it's it's really quite great. Uh, Honeymoon Express is almost kind of like the soft reboot in a way, where it's like okay, you haven't seen season one at all. Don't worry, this is what the show's about. And you don't need to worry about anything you've missed because we're going to reset the stage, basically. Uh, And it does it incredibly well. And the other thing that the episode does that I wish they would have followed up on more, and we talked about this throughout the series, is it really dives into the morality of Sam's leaping and the effect that the choices he's going to have to make will have on himself, not just necessarily the situations that he finds himself in. In particular, having to kill someone. Um, and I, I, I just thought that overall it's, it's a great episode. The stuff with Al is fantastic. Um, you know, it really sets the stakes as well for, um, the fact that the government wants to pull the plug on this thing, you know, that you've got a guy out there who's, who's, you know, kind of lost in time and we all care about him and obviously Al cares about him and it does a wonderful job of establishing that relationship. Uh, and is really one of the first times that that relationship, I think, feels, uh, complete to me. Um, there, there, there were times in the first season where, you know, Al is kind of just a plot device, you know, he's there for exposition and, and that's about it. Uh, but this really drives home their, uh, their closeness. And I really appreciate that too. Um, good morning, Peoria, man, what's not to like about that episode. It's one of the most fun episodes of the entire series. As far as I'm concerned, uh, it's also feels like an iconic episode. There are wonderful moments within it. Uh, you know, the, the, the relationship, um, between, um, Sam and, uh, I'm going to forget her name. Uh, but it doesn't matter because I remember the actor's name, uh, Patricia Richardson. Uh, you know, she's fantastic guest star, uh, it's just got so much cool stuff in it. The kiss with history is so well done. Uh, and again, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I, I really, really love that episode. Uh, thou shalt not, I, I kind of already talked about, so I won't say too much more, uh, than other that I just, I, I love the way that the episode gives, uh, weight to grief and trauma and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that by the end of this episode, the healing's not over. Um, that it's that that really in a lot of ways the healing's just begun and and I love the fact that it doesn't you know try to tie things up too neatly that yes the family has come together but there's still a lot of work to be done and you can tell that and and we are left with the sense that they're going to be okay which is nice Jimmy ah man just I mean what 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 can you say about Jimmy it's such a lovely episode in so many ways Uh, Scott is fantastic Um, you know it leads to uh, one of our favorite, you know, guest stars on the show who, who ended up being in four episodes and writing an episode, uh, John Diacchino, who is fantastic in this. Um, it's just a really great episode with a lot of, of pathos and, uh, there's a great sense of humor about it while also having, um, 
you know, a lot of really emotional moments for both Sam and Al. Uh, you know, learning a little bit about Al's background and his sister uh, is really quite beautiful. And so there's some just touching moments overall. It's, it's a great episode. And in, in an episode that could feel, especially, for, you know, being from like 1990, could feel like a, a very special episode of Quantum Leap. It doesn't feel that way. Uh, and I appreciate it for that. Um, next up, Good Night, Dear Heart. I, probably in some ways the most experimental episode of the series. And I, and I mean that even, even with season five. Uh, if, if not the most experimental, certainly the one that works the best um, of, of any experimental episodes of Quantum Leap. Uh, I, I really enjoy the mystery. Uh, I enjoy Sam's obsession. I enjoy the cinematography. Um, you know, the, the ending, uh, has gotten criticism over the years, uh, including, you know, erasing the, the ire of some fans, uh, outright, you know, anger. And, and I can understand that I really can. And it's not for me to, you know, to, to sanction it or, or not sanction it either way. Um, particularly as, as, as a straight white male, but like I, uh, I still think the merits of the episode are worth noting. And for me, in spite of, of, of that ending, um, I, I just, I love it. I think it's a fantastic episode. Um, freedom, man, I, you know, I chose freedom for a couple of reasons. One, I really genuinely do enjoy the episode and I think it's a wonderful example of quantum leap. I love the relationship between Sam and his grandfather. Um, but almost even more, and this is not to give short shrift to any of the wonderful guest hosts that we had join us uh, over the course of, of you know, our, our, our podcasting journey here at Fates Wide Wheel. Uh, I loved our conversation with Scotty on that episode. Uh, our friend Scotty Caldwell was our guest for that episode, and I thought she just brought so much, you know, gravitas, quite frankly, to our discussion and 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 uh opened up you know our outlooks and as exhaustive as we attempt to be sometimes we can get tunnel vision you know i think we did that with raped uh i, I think there are other episodes where we've probably done that um certainly some of the episodes i don't like as much i know i find a hard time talking about uh freedom was sure. definitely not can, the case there though freedom's yeah. episode I, of love and i think yeah. we had a great guest host so it was yeah, yeah. I wanna, I, yeah, not to interject. Yeah, particularly, I wanted to bring Scotty in on that one because uh, the first episode she had saw when she was hanging out at my house one time was Killing Time mm-hmm. from when season five, and she had never seen the show before. And who, if you have never, if you have <laughs> never seen Quantum Leap before, Killing Time is a rough intro to the series. Yeah. It's it's not it's not great. So I in particular I wanted to bring Scotty in to see something that was a a much better example of a quantum leap episode. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to interject and, and say that there. That's, no, that's, I, that's, that, that was one of my uh, better memories of having Scotty on on the show. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I you know I think that um, that uh, uh, it was just it was it, it ended up being a fun conversation and, and it's something that I've definitely held with me in one of the one of the episodes that we recorded that uh, I, I just yeah it stuck with me you know throughout the, the past couple of years. Um, Pool Hall Blues. What's not to like about that episode? I mean, there's really I can't think of anything you know not to like. I I, I just enjoy that episode so much. Uh, again, it feels kind of iconic. It's an episode that I've seen quite a few times, and not because I tried to. It's just one of those episodes that, you know, I happened to catch on TV, uh, and I had it. I had it on VHS. Um, you know, when I was in my marathon recording session off of USA, and it would it would be an episode that I would watch and revisit. Um, it's very atmospheric. You can feel the heat. 
you can feel the smoke. Uh, it's you know it's just got a lot to love, um, and and you know obviously the the handlink uh, gadget is, is is cool as well. Um, yeah, just just a, a fun episode one I one I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, Black on white on fire, man. That's an episode that I've thought often could be my favorite episode of the series, uh, or or an episode I consider the best episode of the series. I think the writing, the directing. Everything about it is is out of this world, and it's one of the few times, um, you know, we really see Sam fail, um, and 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 the ending of that episode is just is just a masterstroke of the series, and, and I think uh, is the ending of that episode is is unequaled in a lot of ways um, with the endings of you know any episode of the series, um, the social commentary, the setting, um, the oppressiveness. Uh, not only obviously of the the situation, um, but but you know even the climate, um, the literal physical climate uh, of the episode, the heat again is something that plays a huge factor. Um, the the writing is just stellar, and, and and it's just a lovely episode. And again, is another episode much like Freedom that I really enjoyed our conversation with our with our guest host Lamont Hendricks. Um, I, I thought that that was a, just. I don't know. It was it was special for a lot of reasons, not the least of which he's a friend of mine that I don't get to see often um, because he lives in Los Angeles, and so you know having the opportunity to Skype him in and, and have him join in on our conversation was was a thrill for me. Nowhere to run. In a lot of ways, nowhere to run might be the last great episode of Quantum Leap um, for me. And I, I, there there are other episodes after it that I liked. There are other episodes, obviously, that made my honorable mentions. Uh, I think Mirror Image, you know, probably would have fought for contention to be in my top ten, um, regardless. Uh, but had I decided not to kind of give it the boot, um, but Nowhere to Run, I just feel like it, again, it's it's a beautiful script. Uh, it, it, it feels so complete. I love the relationships between all the characters. Al's monologue um, to—he's um, not Sam Beckett, but he plays Sam Beckett in China Beach—is uh, it, beautiful. Um, you know, Sam uh, Sam's conversation with his wife, soon to be ex-wife, uh, is is lovely. Um, the the revelation towards the end of the episode that it was not uh, their son that, that, that saved the lives of everyone, but that it was the son of him and Kiki, um, is great. You know, the, the sort of the, the meta kiss with history, if you will, of having someone who would go on to be such a huge star in, in Jennifer Aniston on the show, I think was kind of like a geeky thrill, uh, for, for quantum leap nerds, you know, especially back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, it was easy to kind of be like, well, Jennifer Aniston did an episode of quantum leap, you know, to somebody who might be like dismissive of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a, it's just a great episode, uh, and of course the gimmick of you know Sam standing in the body of a man who has no legs, um, kind of starting to push the boundaries a little bit of, of what it meant for Sam to leap and start to explain that it's his body, you know, that it's his physical body that leaps, um, which obviously would play a huge part in the trilogy uh, and set the stage for all the rumors of reboots and sequels, you know, galore including right up until recently, there was an interview with Scott Bakula just recently where they asked him about it. Um, so. <laughs> did you actually, did you read the full article? No, um, no, I actually so, didn't. So I just read it last night and, and from, from the questioning, from the answers that he gave, it, it, it really seems like at least in the moment of the interview, he had forgotten. Yeah. Sammy Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he had recalled going back to visit Donna twice, which technically I guess you do if you count, 
star-crossed and the leap back. Right, right. But the way he said it, it was more presented as like going home to visit yeah. the wife twice. Anyway, it's been 30 years, Swiss cheese brain, whatever. Exactly. But yeah, I, I, I found that funny because the interviewer brought up like, yeah, you had a kid. He's like, no, no. I went back to visit my wife twice. <laughs> but I found that funny. Um. Yeah, I, you know, it's something that just popped into my head too. Is is that uh, you know how how off base would it be for someone to um, you know to decide that that Donna um, was pregnant after Sam you know leapt back and, and leaped back you know it, it easily you could write that if you didn't necessarily want to deal with any of the thorny potential issues with Sammy, Sammy Joe or whatnot. Who knows? I don't know. Um, uh, no, well, that certainly would resolve the age issue because if they were to reboot the show now, they would probably, if they were to have a child, they would probably want to have that child be in their early to mid twenties, as the yep. way modern television is. Yeah, um, I think we talked about it at the time, but when they were going to do the reboot with Sammy Joe back in uh, back in the early aughts, they were going to fudge her age and make her younger than what than what the show's timeline would have. So, right. yeah. Because yeah. perish Sam, the thought Sam. of having, you know, a lead role given to a woman in her 40s, but, you know. I know, right? Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, yeah, so there, there's my top 10. There's my reasons for my top 10. Um, you know, I, 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 it's, uh, I feel like there's not a lot of surprises, but uh, I, I certainly think there are a few surprises. I don't feel like it's your standard list. Now, some of that might be because we did leave off a few episodes here or there. Um, you know, uh, in full disclosure, I don't know that Genesis would have made my top 10. It would have made my top 25, um, but it would not have made my top 10. Mirror Image might have. Uh, Leap Home Part 2 might have been my number one, or at least my in, in my top three, uh, with MIA and Leap Home Part 1 right right beneath it. Um, but but I feel really good about about the ones that I've chosen. I do. I'm sure that you'll say some and I'll be like, oh, damn, why didn't I do that? But, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. The, the 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 thing is, I don't think we explained it. Is that the reason I know I decided to cut MIA and the Leap Home uh, episodes off? Is that I I feel like they're in everybody's easily in everybody's top five, if not right. top five, top ten. And we figured that, that was really low hanging fruit. Uh, they're, they're kind of givens. So for the sake of discussion, we would just exclude those here. All right. So here we go. My top 10. Like I said, I just revisited uh, this morning. And like you, I'm going to go in by order of air date. I'll hit my honorable mentions first here a little bit. Um, um, Some of these I just added to the list as you were bringing them up. Nowhere to run. Uh, I think at some point that may have been like covering. Like if we did on like top 15, top 20, it'd probably be up there. Um, Good morning, Peoria, for all of the reasons, all of the reasons that you said there. Um, good night, dear heart. Thou shalt not. Promised Land from the fifth season. Mm. Uh, for a little bit, that was up there in my top ten, uh, but then it got bumped out. Uh, it is very easily in the top five of season five. Oh yeah, totally agree. So yeah, um, we, we talked about it at the time. It's one of those episodes that when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate as much, but coming back and rewatching the series as an adult. Absolutely. Really great episode. Uh, Disco Inferno. Um, I really enjoyed that episode just for that introduced Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, And that minor little storyline 
like right there. Um, yeah. the, 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 the subplot of Sam remembering him. Um, and this is a moment I completely forgot when I was a kid. I, um, there's one moment about halfway through where they're standing on the balcony of Sam's apartment or yep. the Leapy's apartment. And he, and he asks Al, how does he, how did he die? And Al has this look on his face of like, Oh shit. Who, what, what are we talking about? But he's talking about his brother, the Leapy's brother, Chris. Right. Right. But for a moment, Al thinks that Sam is remembered. And that's such a nice, subtle little moment that I had forgotten until we did the rewatch. Yeah. Uh, Way back in 2017 at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, fi- this, I don't think this came up in any of your honorable mentions unless I missed it. I could not let this not least be an honorable mention. Glitter Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if, if only because it gave our podcast its name. Absolutely. I had to mention it. Uh, so with that, we'll go into my top ten. Uh, air date order, starting off, uh, The Color of Truth. Uh, for, you know, uh, a lot of the reasons that, a lot of the reasons that you said, um, this was the first partial episode of Quantum Leap I had ever watched. Uh, yeah. I, I told this story before. Uh, me and my dad were watching TV one night. We were flipping on channels, and we landed on this episode about halfway through, and we watched it through to the end. Um, yeah, and it was all just kind of a weird experience because out given out of the context of jumping in halfway through the episode, I didn't know why everybody thought this clearly white man was a black man. <laughs> it was very odd. Um, and I did was able to pull up my calendar while you were doing yours. Uh, thanks to Matt's book, who has an extensive list of when every episode aired, including the repeats on on NBC. I can tell you that the first time I saw Quantum Leap was on January 24th, and it would have been 1990. Nice. This, this was the second rerun of The Color of Truth on NBC. Yeah. Um, Mine was the March 26, 1989. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because you watched it. Because I watched, watched, the, yeah, I watched the pilot, yeah. You, you watched the pilot. Um, it, it's on my top ten. Like, I don't... It was a great episode and a great commentary about race at the time. And we both talked about, like, how much of this episode influenced us uh, when we were kids in that regard. Now, I don't know if it's if it's the best commentary uh, about race. I think it's a little bit too simplistic. It's a little bit too white saviorish by today's standards. Right. But it's, uh, but it's in my top ten because... At the time, it was a bold piece of storytelling. Like, to the point, um, this was an episode that Deborah Pratt wrote. I'm sure she probably conceived. She really pushed for it to be a first-season episode. Belisario did not want to do the episode until season two or season three because he um, he really didn't think that the audience would grasp onto the idea of, of Sam leaping into someone who was black until they had gotten to know and love the series a little bit better. Uh, but it was the head of NBC at the time who, who gave Deborah the blessing to like really go through and push this episode for the, for the first season. And uh, while I don't know, I think this was officially put out anywhere. I, I think it's pretty widely accepted that this was a huge reason why the show got picked up for a second season. 
was yeah. how critically acclaimed this uh, this episode was, which speaks to why it was repeated at least two or three times um, in the later seasons as the one-off and as part of the uh, the Quantum Leap Weeks um, that they did during the summer, where they would air an episode of the series every night to try to uh, to try to draw people in between the right. seasons. Right, um, and so, it was included. It's worth mentioning that it was included in Sci-Fi's marathons. Whenever they would do a marathon, a marathon on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, sure, yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Uh, and so, my next episode is the very next episode in the series, Kamikaze Kid. All right, um, I included this one because uh, I feel like this was the one of the first episodes of the series, and one of the episodes of the series overall that really. Um, really well captured Sam and Al's relationship and their playfulness off of off of each other, um, and it managed to tackle a very the, the very serious subject of domestic abuse, but somehow make the series fun enough to make the episode fun enough that it didn't come across like like a very special episode addressing a very special issue. Yeah. Uh, it somehow captured you know a little bit of all of that. Um, you know, it was fun. Um, you know, like I said, captured Sam and Al's relationship in a really fun way, and even had a little musical break for for Sam to teach little Michael Jackson <laughs> the moonwalk. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, kind of somewhat of a tangent. Uh, the uh, the actor I don't know his name off the top of my head, but the actor who plays the obnoxious dad. The dad of the boyfriend, the dad of the fiance. Uh, Harrison, lately, he has come to really like to watch over and over again uh, the cartoon version of The Snowy Day. Okay. Are you familiar, are you familiar with that children's book? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. The, the Snowy Day. Okay. Uh, so there's a, there's a 2016 cartoon, which they extended the, the, the book out. Uh, Regina King plays the voice of the mother. And there's one scene that is not in the book at all where uh, the little boy, uh, he buys some peanuts from a street vendor. And the street vendor is played by the dad <laughs> from that episode because he has such a rich, distinctive voice. Yeah. Um, like the like the first time I heard it, I wasn't watching with Harrison, but I heard it on screen and I'm like, I know that voice. Where is it from? And it only took me a few seconds to like, oh, I know where that voice where that voice is from. Looked him up yeah. by Looked him up on IMDb. I was like, yep, sure enough. Um, number three, Honeymoon Express. Uh, for the same, a lot of the same reasons that you said, it's kind of a soft reboot to the series or a reintroduction. Um, if you had missed the first season, this is a nice little uh, repilot episode, the way they introduced the series um, with Al in the hearing with the senators. Overall, if I were to introduce anyone new to Quantum Leap, I think I would say start off, watch the entire second season. Yeah. In its entirety. The second season, overall, the quality, the quality of the episodes, you can't get better than that. No. And entire second season, watch uh, The Leap Home Part 1 and 2, and if you don't watch any other Quantum Leap, I think you still got the full Quantum Leap experience. Yep. Right I mean, there. honestly, seven of my episodes are from season two. Right? Yeah. I mean, season two is the strongest season. Uh, the only the only reason you can't be like, only watch season two is because then you miss out on Leap Home, you miss out on Shock Theater. You, you know, there's, there's still great episodes to be had. But, yeah, I mean, season two is, is the strongest, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and, and they, 
I, I also like Honeymoon Express, and they introduced this, and I thought this is what you were going to say earlier, but then you said something else. They introduced this. I wish they would. I wish they would have stuck with it. Um, the, this idea of the constant fight for for the budget to yeah. keep Quantum Leap afloat. That's a storyline I wish they would have kept going throughout the series. I agree. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then everything you said, which I uh, I kind of forgotten, but I really think it's like. Um, you know the weight of uh, of Sam killing his first person, and um, you know uh, Pierre Rouget Pierre what was the, what was the bad guy's name Rouget something like that yeah Rouget I think that was it uh, as he's dying his last words saying the next time it will be easier yeah such such a Which, nice creeping line hey let's face it a full season later he mows down a bunch of people with a machine gun so. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, even not even. I mean, like in MIA in the in the season finale, right. he just he just he just takes out the two guys in the bar with a shotgun, like at his waist, like an old pro. Like right. you know, doesn't even give him a chance to to stop. He's just boom, blowing him away. Anyway, um, next episode, Jimmy, for all the obvious reasons, um, one of the the best episodes of the of the second season, one of the best episodes overall. Um, uh, the characters of uh, of Jimmy and Frank. I almost said Pete, but that's not right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the characters of Jimmy and Frank, um, very endearing. You know, so much they brought him back in the fifth season. Now, uh, like I said, as, as John Diaquano has said in, in, in some interview somewhere along the way, that he felt like they kind of uh, tainted the specialness of their characters by pulling them into the whole evil leaper. Yeah. Saga. Um, it would have been nice to go back and revisit those characters outside of the Evil Leaper story, uh, but we did in Mary Image. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's a, that's a story that could have, if they had handled it badly, it would have really not aged well, given the subject matter that they were yeah. dealing with. Um, and the fact that they do drop the R word so many times in the episode and and now that's kind of like uh, that's even kind of a hot button topic but even still like once you allow for the fact like like no like that word was uh, that was an accepted word it was a cl- an accepted clinical word both in the 1950s and right. in the 1980s um, even still like the episode is not too cringy to watch because I remember uh, Chris Christopher Stewart I think he guest starred on that episode mm-hmm. when yep. we did it um, and we all talked about at the time how we were all going into the, or, or at least you and me, when we went into the rewatch, we were afraid that the episode was going to be cringy now. Yeah. Uh, given that, but it wasn't. Um, and even somehow, uh, sensitive or insensitive or whatever, that's one of the endearing, uh, memes, gifts from, uh, from the overall series of Sam's opening moments of, of turning around and, and looking in the mirror. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so next one, um, jumping out of, uh, jumping out of season two now, jumping over MIA, Leap Home part one and part two. Next episode, black on white on fire. Um, like I said, I think if I were to introduce quantum leap to someone now through the lens of, how they dealt with race 
and an episode that did it really well, I would not show them Color of Truth. I would show them Black on White on Fire. Because I, I think I think that episode uh, speaks more truthfully. Yes. Than than Color of Truth did. I don't know. I, I don't think the series could have gotten away with doing Black on White on Fire in the first season. Ah, uh, definitely not. Definitely not. I would even argue that maybe it would have been a tough sell even in the second season. Probably. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was just a yeah great episode. Eight and a half months is my next one. Nice. Um, and I... Because another thing, like, it dealt with uh, a sensitive issue, uh, teen pregnancy, even touching a little bit on abortion, handled it in a way that could have been very cringy. And even by today's standards, it still holds up yeah, pretty well. And they even somehow managed to put in a little bit of comedy into the episode that somehow does manage to work. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this one, this is one. It was on my honorable mentions list, and then thinking about it the last few days, I bumped it up. Future Boy. <laughs> I think Future Boy overall, it just captures the heart of the entire series. Yeah, you know that's the first one that you've mentioned that I did not have on honorable mentions or my list. That makes me go, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I, I, to go back and say, I would say watch season two, Leap Home Part One and Two, Future Boy. Yeah. Because that's just, it's, yeah, it's just a, a really sweet episode. It's got a right amount of comedy, got a right amount of, uh, you know, poignancy, a little bit, you know, a little bit of melodramatic, a little bit of smaltzy. But at the end, he almost leaps. Right. Almost leaps. And also uh, the nice little kiss with history, or not really kiss with history, but the touch at the end where Captain Galaxy answers a, a letter from from little Sam Beckett yeah. in Elkridge, Indiana. That's a sweet touch. Um, next one, Shock Theater. Was this one, uh, was this one on your It was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. Honorable mentions. I put it in there because it was such a, a acting tour de force for Scott Bakula. And I think the, the Emmy that he did win, if I do recall correctly, um, it was for this For this episode. episode. I'm pretty sure you're yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, um, and especially like at the time, like watching experiencing the show for the first time in this episode for the first time, it was so different than what they had done before, and uh, this idea of like deep down psychologically what leaping was doing to Sam, right? Um, and giving Scott Bakula the opportunity to go back and 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 spin through those previous characters and actually play those previous characters. Um, and I think it's worth noting that Don Bell, Don Bellisario had said from the beginning, like he always imagined that leaping through time, trading places with people would eventually drive Sam insane. Mm. And shock theater was the first episode where they explored that. Yeah. And I think season, and I think season five of him starting to like take on the personality of of, uh, of the leapies was a little bit further of an explanation, uh, exploration of that. Yeah, uh, it was a Golden Globe, by the way. Uh, not the oh, Emmy. Golden Globe. Yeah, he never he sure. never won the Emmy. He was nominated every season, but he didn't. He never won. God damn it! Yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> and also um, um, the leap back 
is not a strong episode by by no. standards. And when we t- we talked about it, we had a lot of we had a lot of quibbles about it. But the end of Shock Theater, yes, into the leap back. My God, when I was a kid, that blew my mind. Yeah, and when I was a kid, I didn't understand the idea of a cliffhanger, and I didn't realize that I was going to have to wait all summer long. Right. And when you're 12 years old, that is a ter- an eternity. Yeah. I was going to have to wait. I was going to have to wait all summer long to see what the resolution of that story was right. going to be. Um, so, yeah. And then finally, I'm um, jumping all of season four, season five, Mirror Image. Because I didn't right. put the rule on myself to exclude Genesis or, or Mirror Image. Sure. And I'm putting it on there. Um, very different from anything that had come from before. I suspect that even if this series gone on to a to a next season, to a sixth season, I still would have put Mirror Image in my top ten, just because of the themes that it introduced. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even more so because, like, while I really hated it at the time. I think it did a really good job of serving a lot of purposes at once for the end. It was a gateway yeah. to see, it, it was a gateway to season six. It wrapped the series up if it never came back, or it left the door open for uh, a revival, TV movies, a theatrical movie, etc. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then finally, my top episode. My top one, my top one of all time. I'm going to tell you the date that I first watched it. This was the first complete episode of Quantum Leap that I watched, and it was on March 14th, 1990. Pool Hall Blues. Nice. Um, This episode has everything. It has comedy. It has drama. The costumes are perfect. The just the, the the entire setting design is 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 wonderful. You know, you talked about how you could feel the heat, you can feel the sweat. I really feel like in the early seasons, um, they really did that really well. Like if Sam was in the South or if Sam was in some setting where he was sweating, like they they didn't they were not afraid of making Scott Bakula and his castmates like sweat. Yeah, and, like really look like it. You know, as opposed to season five, the trilogy episodes, he's in the South, it's summer, it's hot. They talk about how hot it is, but they're just walking around in completely dry shirts. Right. You know, um, um, it even introduces like, you know, just just enough of a little of a sci-fi element of the hand link yep. and, and, and the pole playing and um, even manages to put a perfectly natural moment in there and giving Scott Bakula an opportunity to sing. Yeah. Just that nice, that nice, sweet little moment in there. And those are my top 10. I I can't, I mean, I can't argue with, with placing that at the very top at all. I really can't. I, you know, I, I might not do it. Um, I didn't do it, (laughs) but again, it's such a shifting thing for me. Uh, but hearing that I just, I just went back because, you know, one of the things, and it's funny as I'm looking at it now, I'm just sort of like, my God, you know, we could write a book, uh, is that I, I have a Google doc with all of my notes for every episode that we watched. 
Uh, so I went back to Pool Hall Blues um, uh, real quick. And just looking at some of the notes that I took, uh, even the notes that I took indicate exactly what you said, that it had everything. Um, and, and, you know, there was obviously there was social commentary, um, but not just about race, uh, about about poverty as well and, and economics. And uh, I think that, that, the, that the, you know, the episode, um, it, it was it was just so well put together. Um, it was an intelligent episode. You know, Sam was able to kind of be a bit of a math nerd at times. Uh, and they were getting really, one of the notes that I took and it just, and it just kind of zinged into my brain as I read it was the mirror shots are getting more inventive because they had that overhead mirror shot. Um, and the cinematography in, in general in this episode was brilliant and it won an Emmy award actually for Michael Watkins. Um, Al having kind of a personal stake in the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful episode. There's no doubt. Yeah, it was directed by Joe Napolitano. Am I yep. pronouncing that right? Joe Napolitano. And I think, let me double check that. I think he is the director that appeared the most on my top 10. I think he, he was. He, sh- he showed up one, two, three times. And I think uh, uh, James Whitmore Jr., he showed up. Uh, James Whitmore Jr. showed up twice. Yeah, it's funny because uh, he's the one that that showed up the most in my top 10. Uh, He's also the one that showed up the most in my top 25. Um, uh, James Whitmore Jr. came in second. Um, As far as writers, the two that stand out are, of course, Deborah Pratt and Chris Rupenthal. Um, I've got a couple of Rupenthal episodes, um, most notably Good Morning Peoria and Freedom. Belisario obviously is in there because of, you know, Genesis, Honeymoon Express, Leap Home, mm-hmm. Mirror Image. You know, I mean, obviously he, you know, was responsible for so much. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting looking at it in that way. Michael Zinberg is also in there and Alan Levi is in there a couple of times as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. James Whitmore, he shows up three times on my on my top ten list. Yeah. Um, and I forgot an honorable mention. I uh, I just overlooked it when I was giving my honorable mentions. It was on my top ten until this morning. Knocked it out. it out, and I knocked <laughs> it out. For I, I brought in Future Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, honorable mention: uh, The Bee Man. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but I think maybe, as I was saying, that was a little bit more like childhood nostalgia. Like, I really loved the episode when I was a kid. I don't know if it holds up as well now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, love that episode when I was a kid, when I was younger. There's just there's just some nice, for uh, for TV-level quality, there's some nice horror and spookiness in that episode. I, yeah, I would agree. Um, and it's a fun episode in, in a lot of ways, um, even now, you know, watching it. I, it's funny that, you know, the nostalgia train, I guess, passed me by in some ways because not a lot of these episodes, um, I think, are episodes that, that I would have, when we started this journey, I don't know that many of these are episodes that I would have just been like, oh, yeah, that one. You know, Good Morning Peoria, yes. Um, you know, I probably would have thought fondly of Jimmy, but again, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it upon our rewatch. Uh, Pool Hall B- Blues, I probably would have still had up there. Um, you know, Color of Truth, obviously, but the rest of them are, are, you know, kind of surprised me throughout the course. You know, and I gravitated, uh, I think, towards episodes that I that I thought were, you know, the best written, the best directed, you know, the best acted. 
um, but not necessarily in some cases these aren't necessarily the episodes that I would put on like a first time viewer binge watch list you know some of these wouldn't make that cut some of them would you know but but some of them wouldn't and um, that always intrigues me uh, you know the, the the stuff that you leave out for the benefit of you know an arc or or you know mythology or just pure like fun factor you know there are certain episodes that you're just kind of like this episode's essential it might not be the best episode but it's still an essential episode um when i did my star trek voyager rewatch because hey it wouldn't be one of our podcasts without a mention of star trek (laughs) uh i remember you know trying to find lists uh, of episodes that were considered the best or the most essential for the series because I was not thrilled about watching every episode. I just wasn't. And as I you know, made my way through the series, some of the episodes that were considered essential were not that great. And some of those episodes that were considered the best were not that essential. Um, so it's, it's always interesting to me when you put together that, you know, those types of lists and what do you sacrifice? So, you know, for me, the spirit of my list was definitely saying these are what I consider to be the best episodes of Quantum Leap. Um, now if you asked me again, you know, what, what am I going to show a first time viewer or, you know, what do I consider the most essential episodes or, you know, along those lines or whatever, then you're going to get a very different list. Sure. So I also made another list. So, oh, you did? Go ahead. Another list, and we talked about Is this. It uh, the worst? These were episodes. No, no, no. These are episodes that would have appeared on my top ten before we did the rewatch that I remember from childhood. I have uh, I have a few in my head that I can give you yeah. as well. So yeah. yeah. So here they are with no explanation. Starcrossed, What Price Gloria, The Leap Back, Killing Time, and the Trilogy. Uh, okay, mine would be, um, uh, 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 what was the first one you just said? Starcrossed. <laughs> yeah, Starcrossed. Yep, Starcrossed would be in there. I'm not going to be able to go in air date order because I'm just going to pull these out of my head. Um, Starcrossed, Leap Back, A Leap for Lisa. Um, yep, 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 that one too. Uh, I think probably Leap Between the States, actually. And... Um, That might just be, that might be, that might be all, that might be all I'll put in there. Eh. I don't know if anything else really would have made the cut. Maybe Animal Frat. But, but that's a weird one because I like Animal Frat still. You know what I mean? Not that I don't like those other episodes I just mentioned. I just don't think they would make my, my top 10 list or something. But Animal Frat's an episode that I thought about putting in, like, it was hard for me to cut that one out of my, like, sort of top 25 that I initially Mm made. Um, Sure. You know, I actually, I'm actually pretty fond of, of that episode. Um, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, you could make lists of like, you know, episodes with Vietnam, you know, or, or Sam's brother references. You could make a list of, you know, um, the, the racial issues uh, episode list, you know, there's all sorts of lists. And when you, and when you're kind of like putting those lists together, you know, then you could kind of tear them into your, you know, your favorites of, of, of the, of those particular topics and the way that they're 
uh, approached. But um, I think that that's the magnificent thing about the series in general, and what you know keeps drawing me back and and, and drawing so many people back is that the show overall ended up being so many different things and not in the way a show like twilight zone or even star trek for that matter ended up kind of being different things throughout the course of its of its existence um because you you retained your core cast member you know you 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 saw this world there, there was a certain code that the character upheld throughout the course of the series um but we had you know straight out comedy episodes we have you know the heavy dramas we have you know the smaller episodes the bigger episodes that you know there really is kind of something for everyone um and and everything for someone so it's uh it, it, it was i think one of the things that made it difficult at times to um to put a list together because you know every time i was saying yes to one episode and then I was saying no to another one and in some cases I certainly questioned if I made the right choice you know mm-hmm. eight and a half months is a great example of that because that's an episode that I really like and I think is incredibly well done and on a personal note had a really wonderful time recording because we did something special for that episode we each recorded with oh, yeah. our spouses um, who were at that time relatively new mothers and, and mm-hmm. you know, were able to kind of have a conversation with them that I think was just, it was really cool. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to, it, it, it's hard to separate those things. Um, again, it's the reason why an episode like Freedom might have made this list uh, because I had such a good time recording that episode. Um, and... I don't know if I don't know if it necessarily meets all the criteria that the that, that it, of the other episodes it, sit, it sits beside, but it just happens to be uh, an episode that I enjoy. I thought I think is incredibly well done, and I really enjoyed our experience in in creating an, a podcast about it. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that like a, a list based on our favorite episodes to record. Um, any episode that Chris was on that yeah. I loved. Um, uh, what price, Gloria? That's mm-hmm. when we had. That's when we had. Uh, who do we have? We had Annie. We had Betsy. We had Jessica. We had Claire. Yep. I think uh, we had Claire. I think on that on that episode, that was a really fun one to record. Um, <laughs> uh, poor poor Karen Saxon was on Shock Theater, oh, and then she wasn't, and then she brought her back for the lead back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Larry for the couple ones. Now I'm listing them off. Now it's like every episode where we're able to have a guest. Is oh yeah, one of my, it's, like, it's one of my four, one more, more favorite episodes. When we had Leva Bates on, uh, yeah. that was so much fun. Heart of a Champion, uh, mm-hmm. and that episode is is incredibly special to me for a couple of reasons. Because one, it was a joy to have her on. She's someone that I had met before, um, but didn't you know have any real like conversation or connection with while on the other hand, you know, you'd gone to school with, you know, knew her fairly well. And so like getting the opportunity to have that conversation with her was great. On the flip side of that, it was also an episode where I forgot to hit record. So I went back in and edited in all of my prompts and responses to make the complete episode. So it's like one of those episodes that really sticks out uh, for, for many reasons. And now, and now Leva Bates, 
You know, now mm-hmm. Leva Bates is on national television every Wednesday night on TNT for oh, All Elite that. Wrestling. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, she's she's kind of just blown up uh, since we recorded that episode, um, which is great for her. Uh, and at that particular point, she'd already been, you know, blue pants with WWE down yeah. in NXT or whatever. But, I mean, it was just really cool to be able to have a wrestler on the show to talk about that episode, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, it's interesting because, I, obviously, a lot of the episodes that we had guests on definitely stick out and were a lot of fun. And yet at the same time, I always enjoyed the opportunity when it was just the two of us, which, you know, is certainly most of this past year uh, due to the pandemic. But like, you know, that's how I I think we started with this idea that we would have guests on who had never seen the show before or had limited exposure to the show. But the more we had episodes where it was just the two of us, um, the more I found myself developing an appreciation and enjoyment for the medium of podcasting. And the more I felt like we were kind of able to have discussions that we were going to share with other people without necessarily having to do any kind of like extra work with people who weren't necessarily podcasters or who weren't familiar with the show and it gave us the opportunity to just really you know play in this sandbox that we built and um and so it gave me a fuller appreciation i think for when we had guests but it also made me really appreciate when we didn't have guests i see that and i'm just so glad we got to have it both ways you know yeah exactly Yeah. yeah um i think i'm trying to our last guest i think was chris Mm-hmm. Um, I can't moments remember for to live, right? For what? I think it was for moments to live. Moments to live. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last in person one. Right. And then Larry. Yeah. Larry, yeah. Larry Ganey came in for. Uh, he phoned in for for leap uh, for leap for, for Lisa. Yeah. Yep. But the last time what? we record, one of the last times I think we recorded in person was uh, was right around that time. No, yeah. it wasn't. We we did we did uh, we did a couple in the season five. Oh God, have to go back and look it up. You know, it's been almost a year since you and I have seen each other in person. I know. We well, you know what? Since we yes, yeah, since we really saw each other in person, yes. But we yeah. did run into each other a couple of times at, at the daycare because daycare. Yeah, Harrison and Hattie used to share a daycare. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's um, the magnitude of this past year is something that people, I think, continue to talk about and, and write articles about. Uh, and yet, it cannot be understated, the things that, that we've lost. Yeah. Um, All right, so there you have it. Um, Again, that was our top 10 episodes that we recorded back in January of 2021. Uh, It's interesting to think about how that list may have morphed. Um, You know, I don't know for certain if it it has. Um, You know, just to revisit real quick that my original list as I was trying to whittle down my top 10 episodes included Genesis, Color of Truth, Honeymoon Express, Good Morning Peoria, Thou Shalt Not, Jimmy, uh, So Help Me God, Another Mother, Her Charm, Good Night, Dear Heart, Freedom, Pool Hall, Blues, MIA, Leap Home Part 1 and 2, Black on White on Fire, Eight and a Half Months, Shock Theater, Dreams, A Single Drop of Rain, Stand Up, Nowhere to Run, Trilogy, and Mirror Image. 
it's interesting because as I'm looking back at this list now, there are definitely some that I would not have included for consideration. Um, I think I probably would have dropped a single drop of rain. Um, I probably would have dropped trilogy. I think I was riding kind of high on trilogy because uh, my expectations had been a little low. And then when we watched the episodes, I enjoyed them so much and I enjoyed parts of it so much that I gave it maybe a little bit of a bump. Um, not that they're bad by any means. I just don't know if they would have necessarily been in consideration. Obviously they didn't make my final top 10. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to, to think about that, you know, Kamikaze Kid, which is something that's fresh in my mind as we do the revisited series that we're doing right now is an episode that I would probably sneak into consideration. It wouldn't necessarily make my top 10, but it would probably be like on my alternate list because I, I, I think revisiting that episode, um, other than the cringy kiss at the end, which is of course the fault of, of no one really, it was just, that's just the way it happened. Um, I, I think it really is a fantastic episode and, and certainly one of the best of the first season. Um, and, and an episode that probably holds up with, with a lot of others. Um, but I think for, for me personally, looking at this list, the ones that really stick out as being like amongst my, just my absolute favorite, they still stand, um, you know, black on white on fire, good night, dear heart, good morning, Peoria, thou shalt not Jimmy color of truth. I mean, all of those I think are still amongst the very, very best that quantum leap had to offer. Um, so for those of you that listened, you know, the first time you're probably familiar with this list. Uh, you know, we're always interested in hearing your top tens, the essential lists that people have been sharing with us about been fantastic. And I know that some people have been kind of sharing their favorite episodes as well. Uh, for those that, of course, are just listening to this for the very first time that did not hear the original episode, um, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, as has been mentioned, you know, multiple times recently by us, I, I think that having the differing perspectives has really opened up my appreciation for the show so much. Um, you know, we're never going to tell anybody how to feel. We're never going to say that, you know, if you don't agree with us, then there's something wrong with you. I, I, I think the exact opposite. I'd love to hear what other folks have to say say. And, you know, and in particular, not just necessarily what your favorite episodes are, but why they're your favorite episodes would be great. So that's going to do it uh, for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back uh, next week, uh, hopefully with a brand new episode, a uh, special episode, hopefully as well, um, that's tied into something else that's kind of going on in the, the realm of Quantum Leap uh, from one of our favorite people. Um, and then we'll be back uh, soon after that with our essential list, which we're going to break into, I believe, two episodes. Uh, to, to spare you a, a, a one gargantuan sized uh, uh, essentials list episode. Uh, so that'll do it. And thank you so much, all of you, um, again, for listening, for taking part in the conversation, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or emailing us. We really appreciate it. It's been so much fun um, just this past year. I feel like uh, you know the, the past six months have, have really been kind of a whirlwind for the fandom as we found out about the Revival series coming, the details that, that came into our hands very early on. Um, you know, just everything that kind of happened around that initial pilot shoot, how excited we were for that script and how, you know, excited we were to share some details here and there. And then all of a sudden finding out that they're going to reshoot that potentially, even though we've had no official confirmation of that. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it, it's just been such a, a, a great time. I think uh, the, the, the fandom certainly feels reignited. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't be here talking if it wasn't for all of you. So thank you so, so, so much for hitting that download button. Uh, remember to hit subscribe, like, give us a review. Um, spread the word. Uh, you know, we, we want to obviously involve as many people as possible in the dialogue going forward surrounding the new series. Uh, I think it's going to be something special. Um, and we're really looking forward to talking about it, uh, this fall, uh, which is approaching so quickly in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there and leap responsibly. 
Sometimes I want to stay 